Blog Talk Radio. Robert Jones situation report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Yeah, 
It's been an interesting week, weekend. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. And yes, I do simulcast on Spreaker and Stitcher Radio and a couple of other places along with my own personal uh, Golden Jones Universal Media website. Tune in at goldenjonesuniversalmedia1.com. Hey, dig this. Today's date is September 18th already, 2012, United States of America, planet Earth. Third Planet from the Sun, a lot's going on this week, including Romney's statement or hidden secret video where he's saying that there are a lot of deadbeats and people who want to suck off the government teat. The problem is Romney said it out loud. And <laughs> I guess that's a problem. Kind of like when Barack Obama said, you know, if you've got a business, you didn't build that. I talked to a good friend of mine, I won't say her name, but it ends in Bennett, uh, Benning, over at the Washington Post. She texted me saying that she's doing a story on Barack Hussein Obama, I mean on, on, Mitt Rom- on the Romney campaign. She's doing a story on the Romney campaign, and her she, she texted me and she said... Um, well, let's see here. She's. I'm. I said, "What are you doing?" She wrote in a text, editing a story about the Romney campaign. And I said, I typed, uh, "Okay." Her response was, "It's imploding." <laughs> she wrote, "I'm sure you disagree. I'm just repeating what the experts are saying, even Republicans." Wow. Do you agree that the Romney campaign is imploding as a result of what he, well, what he uh, was reported to say, which happened to be the truth? Do you believe that uh, the campaign is imploding as a result? See, you see, I tend to think that it's no more imploding than when Barack Obama said that a uh, certain segment of our 
country are bitter clingers to our guns and religion or perhaps you know if you've got a business you didn't build that or perhaps if uh, i do believe at some point you made enough money you know all that kind of thing but according to this editor of the washington post a good friend of mine her last name ending in benning she believes that the romney campaign is imploding now she is a serious liberal but is nevertheless a good friend of mine so check out her articles in the washington post she's right out here in um in the dc area she is a serious liberal this is the problem with newspapers and the mainstream media today they don't simply report the news objectively i happen to have as i'm sure many of you do friends who work in the media the mainstream media those folks are liberal i mean damn liberal i mean they're all they're 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 like kissing both cheeks of barack obama's ass <laughs> they are so liberal and she is one of those folks now i love her no doubt and she's probably going to be very, very she no she probably won't be upset with me cuz she'll probably never tune in to a single one of my broadcast so she won't know that I'm talking about her this way but hey i think the girl's great but let's move on uh a well-known former lieutenant colonel who is now a congressman from the great state of florida you know who I'm talking about. Threw out a quote earlier this morning on uh, Fox and Friends from Alexi D. Damn. Tocqueville. One of the quotes that he didn't throw out was The American Republic will endure until the day Congress discovers that it can bribe the public with the public's money. Another quote would be, democracy and socialism have nothing in common, but one word, equality. But notice the difference. While democracy seeks equality in liberty, socialism seeks equality in restraint and servitude. Another fine quote from Alexei would be, or rather is, Americans are so enamored of equality that they would rather be equal in slavery than unequal in freedom. Do you dig it? Liberty cannot be established without morality, and nor morality without faith. This guy knew exactly, he, he understood the pulse of what, what didn't make America great during his time and what continues to make America great, which the Obama administration, this regime, is eroding day by day. The Democrat government, the Democratic government is the only one in which those who vote for a tax can escape the obligation to pay it. Liberty cannot be established without morality, nor morality without faith. That bared repeating. Last but not least, as one digs deeper into the national character of the Americans, one sees that they have sought the value of everything in the world 
only in the answer of this single question. How much money will it bring in? I love it. I love it, and I love it all. I've got some great friends in the house. I've got a lot of folks I bribed to uh, tune in on their browsers at home. And uh, so we've got a pretty full chat room. Alexander Solo, Casanova Frankenstein, Evil Clown, Southern Senses in the house. Quite a few other uh, folks, the usual suspects as they are called. So now that we're done with Alexi's quotes, which was sparked by my main man from the great state of Florida, former uh, Army Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who was on Fox and Friends this morning, gave me the idea to throw out some of Alexi's quotes. We're going to start off with the show. The emperor is buck naked. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. But first, before we go with the emperor being buck-ass naked, we need to go with the Romney. We need to deal with the Romney situation. And with my good friend from the Washington Post, last name being Bennett, as in I'm Benning, I'm sorry, as in Fort Benning, said that the Romney, came, uh, Romney campaign is imploding. And that's probably what, she, what she's editing or what she was editing earlier today. So let's go ahead, for those of you who haven't heard, and I'm sure there are very few of you who haven't, Romney's remarks on that 47%, which, by way of fairness, is somewhat of a misnomer. But let's listen nevertheless, if we can, if we can get it up here. Sparky was a great dog. Pizza. Oh, well, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> okay, all right, well, let's try this again. First, we're going to go with the Obama's remarks from 1998. Then we'll get to Romney's remarks. Policy research uh, surrounding the, the issues that I just named. Uh, policy research for the working poor, broadly defined. Uh, I think that, that what we're going to have to do is somehow resuscitate the notion that uh, government action can be effective at all. Uh, there, there has been a systematic, uh, uh, I don't think it's too strong to, to call it a propaganda campaign, uh, uh, against the possibility of government action and its efficacy. Uh, and I think some of it has been deserved. Chicago Housing Authority has, has not been a model of good policy making, uh, and neither necessarily have been the Chicago public schools. Uh, what that means then is, is that as we try to resuscitate this notion that uh, we're all in this thing together, leave nobody behind, uh, we do have to be innovative in, in thinking how, what are the delivery systems that are actually effective and, and meet people where they live. Uh, and, and my suggestion, I guess, would be that the, the, the trick, this is, and this is one of the few areas where I think there are technical issues that have to be dealt with as opposed to just political issues. I think the trick is figuring out how do we structure government systems that pool resources and hence facilitate some redistribution, because I actually believe in redistribution, uh, at least at a certain level, to make sure that everybody's got a shot.
He wants to make sure that everybody gets a shot. Isn't that the reason why, you know, when we're born, how are you not born with a shot? Now, well, wait a minute now. Some would argue that we're not all born equally, but indeed we are. Except for those folks who perhaps don't, uh, the mothers who don't subscribe to really good prenatal care. I guess if you're drinking and smoking and maybe doing a little bit of crack, maybe the child doesn't have an equal shot. But other than that, we're all created equally in terms of birth. We're all born. And thus, we all have a shot. Now, what we do with that, how we're nurtured. You know, I like to say in my household when I was growing up, that we used to watch Dynasty, Dallas, the Colbys, Knott's Landing, all those shows where, you know, those good old-fashioned white folks were real prosperous, making lots of money, like going to work every day, briefcases and stuff like that, white, blue-collar, white-collar stuff. And how my parents used to sit or walk by while we were watching these shows and say, you can do that. You can have that if you want. You can have all of that. But the only way for you to get that is to work hard and study. And then they'd be gone. They'd be gone into the next room. So we grew up thinking, I can have that. I can have the big house. I can have the car. I can have this. I can have that. So we grew up knowing that we had a shot. But then there are the other family folks who the little kids are sitting in front of the television watching these shows and your parents are walking by saying, look at those rich white folks. Look at those rich folks. They've got too much. They've got, look at those, the, 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 JR's got five cars. What's he going to do with those five cars? A family of five could fit in one of those cars. He doesn't need that car. You see, see what I mean? So we're all created equally, but we're taught differently. Obama believes that we need to redistribute 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 well so that everybody somehow gets a shot. A shot at what? A shot at success at the American dream? I don't know. But I think that we all do have a shot. Now it depends on what you want out of life. Now, you might argue that maybe that's not the case. Well, I strenuously disagree. And here we are. If you would like to add a comment, perhaps you don't agree, the call in number is 347-884-8500. Why am I talking so fast? You say, hey, Doc Jones, usually, you know, you're a little bit more mellow. Well, I have here in my hand, of course, my usual triple vente white chocolate mocha from Starbucks. Whew, man, I tell you what, that stuff gives you a big kick, a big kick. So now let's listen to what Romney, well, let's hopefully we can get what Romney had to say here. Romney... The best course for America is to create wealth, not redistribute it. So maybe Romney can go ahead and shed some, you know, because here's what the difference is. The difference is Obama believes that we need to take what wealth we have and redistribute it so everybody can have a shot. And Romney believes that, well, we need to create wealth so that everybody has an opportunity. Creating wealth versus redistribute wealth that already exists. And then what? 
So you buy everybody a house or give them a house and a car and a job. So I guess that's supposed to be the shot. I don't know. Well, let's listen to Romney and see what he has to say about all this. Romney. Oh, first we got a you know, crash commercial. Got to protect the land. Economically, it seems like a good choice now. We need environmental protection. We've got more than 100 years' worth of energy right here. Who's right? They all are. Visit powerandcooperation.com. It is May Day this September day for a Republican nominee who has no doubt seen better days. He's getting pummeled by the press for comments he made at a private GOP fundraiser way back last spring. You heard what everyone is saying about Mitt Romney. Now time to hear from Mitt Romney, here and only here, beginning now. Welcome, everybody. I'm Neil Cavuto, and courtesy Mother Jones, the mother of all flashbacks for a Republican presidential nominee who doesn't need the grief and cannot afford the distraction. There are 47% of the people who vote for the president are Obama. Uh, there are 47% who are with him, who are dependent upon government, who believe that, that they are victims, who believe that government has a responsibility to care for them, who believe that they are entitled to health care, to food, to housing, to you name it. But that's an entitlement, and government should give it to them. And they will vote for this president no matter what. Well, that was then to Mitt Romney. Now his first sit-down since this whole video dusts up. The governor coming to us from Salt Lake City right now. Governor, welcome. Uh, obviously, uh, you, you've seen the fallout. The administration quickly coming back at you, Governor, saying that you essentially disdainfully wrote off half the nation. How do you respond to that? Well, uh, we were, of course, talking about uh, a campaign and how he's going to get close to half the vote. I'm going to get half the vote, approximately. I hope I want to get 50.1% or more. And, uh, frankly, we have two very different views about America. Uh, the president's view is one of a larger government. Uh, there's a tape that just came out today where the president saying he likes redistribution. I disagree. I think a society based upon a government-centered nation where government plays a larger and larger role, redistributes money, that's the wrong course for America. That will not build a strong America or help people out of poverty. I believe the right course for America is one where government steps in to help those that are in need. We're, we're a compassionate people. But then we get let people build their own lives, create enterprises. We believe in free people and free enterprise, not redistribution. The right course for America is to create growth, create wealth, not to redistribute wealth. Governor, only 47% of the people in this country pay no income taxes. Now, a lot of them, uh, because they're retired or they're elderly or, or they're, they're paying certainly payroll taxes and, and other taxes, but that 47% figure, which is about right, uh, is it too high? Do, do you think that the level should be closer to what it was uh, in the late 70s where um, it was in, in, in the 20s. What, what, what is an acceptable level? Well, first of all, of course, you're right. There are a number of retirees, members of the military and so forth, who, who aren't paying taxes, and that's as it should be. But, uh, but I do believe that we should have enough jobs and enough take-home pay such that people have the privilege of higher incomes that, that allow them to be paying taxes. I think people would like to be paying taxes. Uh, the good news is if you're doing well enough financially that you can pay a tax. 
And the problem right now, as you see in this country, so many people have fallen into poverty, but they're not paying taxes. They have to rely on government. And the right course to help them is not just to have government handing out, but instead government helping people to get back to good jobs. Neil, the, the numbers on food stamps are really revealing. When the president took office, 32 million people were on food stamps. And now that number is 15 million higher, almost 50% higher. Now 47 million people on food stamps. You've got Americans falling into poverty under this president. In increasing number, it looks like, on these food stamp uh, figures. And I want to get people back to work. I'd like to see... I'd like to see everybody who's not, you know, retired, not in the military, having the privilege of having a good job and a good income, enough that, uh, that, that they qualify to pay taxes. Now, you said that your wording might have been inelegant, but others have said that you just kissed half the electorate goodbye um, this, this, this election year, uh, that, that you all but called them moochers. Did you? No, I'm talking about a perspective of, of individuals who I'm not likely to get to support me. I recognize that, that those people who are not paying income tax are, are going to say, gosh, this, this uh, provision of, that Mitt keeps talking about lowering income taxes, that's not going to be real attracted to them. And, and those that are dependent upon government and those that think government's job is to redistribute, I'm, I'm not going to get them. I know there's a, a divide in the country about, about that view. I know some believe that government should take from some to give to the others. I, I think the president makes it clear in the tape that was released today that that's what he believes. I think that's an entirely foreign concept. I believe America was built on the principle of government caring for those in need, but getting out of the way and allowing free people to pursue their dreams, free people pursuing free enterprises is the only way we'll create a strong and going middle class and the only way we'll help people out of poverty. But do you think it's a given that that base would ignore you entirely, Governor, when you and your running mate Paul Ryan talked about reforming? All right. That clip's going on a little bit long, and we've got to move along here. But I think you get the get the point here of what's going on. You know, many years ago, folks, there was a president so exceedingly fond of hyperborel and himself that he spent all his money on political spend. He cared nothing about preparing a balanced budget or tending to matters of state, except to campaign for his next election. Anybody know who I'm talking about? He had a catchphrase for every hour of the day, and instead of saying as one might about any other ruler, the king is in council, here they always said the president is on the campaign trail. In the great city where he lived, life was always happy and gay. When the word gay meant happy, every day many strangers came to town and among them, one day came two swindlers. They let it be known they were spin doctors, and they said that they could weave the most magnificent excuses for not properly governing the country. Not only were their techniques effective, but the excuses had a wonderful way of clouding the truth about reality. So much so that anyone challenging the excuses would be considered unfit and unusually stupid. Those would be just the excuses for me, thought the president. If I used them, I would be able to discover who in my empire can separate fact from fiction and 
the fools who cannot. Yes, I certainly must have them work for me, he said. He paid the two spin doctors a large sum of gold to start working. At once, they set up offices and pretended to work, though there was nothing special to do as the president himself could not differenti- <laughs> differentiate. I could never say that <laughs> uh, well on the first try between fact and fiction. I did like to know those spin doctors how they're getting on with the excuses, the president thought. But he felt slightly uncomfortable when he remembered that those who were unfit for their position would not be able to detect the truth. It couldn't have been that he doubted himself, oh no, yet he thought he'd rather send someone else to see how things were going. I'll send my honest old press secretary, the president decided. He'll be the best one to tell me how the excuses sound. For he is a sensible man and no one knows spin better. So the honest old press secretary went to the room where the two swindlers sat working away. Both the swindler begged him to be so kind as to come near to read the excellent excuses they had written. Yet all of which blamed scapegoats for the country's problems. The poor old press secretary stared as hard as he dared. But he couldn't grasp the excuses. Heaven have mercy, he thought. Can it be that I'm the fool? I know the president is honestly at fault, but not a soul must know. Am I unfit to be the press secretary, he said, It would never do to let on that I don't know what catchphrases like hope and change, pay their fair share, and forward truly mean. Don't hesitate to tell us what you think of the excuses, said one spin doctor. Oh, it's brilliant, quite enchanting. The old press secretary peered through his spectacles. Such a line of BS. I'll be sure to tell the president how delighted I am with it. We're pleased to hear that, the spin doctor said. They proceeded to name all of the scapegoats, including Bush, the GOP, the 1%, white folks, of course, capitalism, and, of course, evil American businesses. The old press secretary paid the closest attention to that he could tell was a lie and ran to tell it to the president, and so he did. The spin doctors at once asked for more money to get on with the deceptions, and it all went into their pockets. The president presently sent another trustworthy campaign manager to see how the work progressed and how soon it would be ready. The same thing happened to him that had happened to the press secretary. He looked and he looked and he looked, but he couldn't tell fact from fiction. Aren't these good excuses, he asked? But the campaign manager realized the president was to blame, not the scapegoats. I know I'm not stupid, the man thought, so it must be that I'm unworthy of my good office. That's strange. I must, I mustn't, I mustn't let anyone find out. So he praised the excuses to the president. He said, it held me 
spellbound. The president wanted to see for himself what his two old trusted officials were excited about. Attended by a band of chosen men, he set out to see the spin doctors. He found them riding with might and main magnificent, said the two officials already duped. Just look, your majesty, what excuses. They pointed to the papers that contained a scapegoat for each of the president's botched policies on economics, energy, immigration, health care, and foreign relations. What's this, thought the president? You mean I am innocent of any wrongdoing? This is excellent, he said. What a charade to pull on the people. Oh, they are marvelous, he said. It has my highest approval. Nothing could make him admit that he had made a mistake. And thus, my friends, we have the buck-naked emperor. He's got no clothes. He has been found out. He has been exposed. And here we are. Now, in an article from the American Thinker, September 13, 2012, Obama in the buff, which is where I got the whole idea for the story. The emperor has no clothes. That was the cry of a small child in Hans Christian Andersen's tale as the emperor made his way past, entirely buck naked, while no one had the nerve to speak up. That's pretty much the situation today, with the recent exception of Maureen Dowd's scathing critique of Obama's convention acceptance speech. My fellow citizens, you, you were the change, he said. We were the change? Really? There hasn't been much media criticism, criticism of the president. Liberal commentators continue to gloss over the mistakes of the most partisan and inept administration in our nation's history. There's a great deal that is embarrassing about this administration, completely. Just as there was about the emperor in Anderson's tale, even when he had his clothes on, because he had no real interest in governing, he was all for show. The emperor was easily swayed by charlatans because he was arrogant, he refused to accept criticism, and because he was by nature immoderate and extreme, he engaged in foolish and excessive spending. More than anything, he craved, or rather cared, about his appearance. And all his efforts went into propping up his approval ratings. No one around the emperor spoke up, even when he made the most outlandish mistakes. They were all afraid of this haunting ruler, afraid of being charged with disloyalty or of seeming old-fashioned or just perhaps being a racist. After all, the emperor's new clothes were the product of an entirely new technology that no one understood but everyone was supposed to believe in. Kind of like uh, Solyndra, wind power, biofuel, that kind of thing. It was not politically correct to suggest that there might actually be Nothing there. If you feel free, if you if you have any questions or comments, you'd like to throw your two cents in, the call in number is 347-884-8500. Like the emperor of yore, folks, 
Obama continues to parade around in his magical clothes. Isolated from reality by left-wing advisors and shielded from criticism by a weak and acquiescent media. Not many in the Washington press corps are going to point that out to you. Figuratively speaking, the president isn't wearing any clothes. He's buck naked. His promises to create 5 million green jobs have come to nothing. As his pledge to cut the deficit in half by the end of his first term. But who in the national media is pointing that out? Certainly nobody in the mainstream media covering the Democrat National Convention a while ago. Even so, everyone in America knows that the last four years have been a bust. Obama's health care reform bill is wildly unpopular. His attacks on American businesses are a disgrace. His, well, American families are earning $4,000 less than they were four years ago. And Obama, who plays the race card at every turn, is the most racially divisive figure in American politics since George Wallace. So why isn't anyone... Why isn't anyone pointing that out? Huh? No answers? Well, <laughs> stay tuned because we're going to talk all about it. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report, and we will be right back. Southern Sense. Good afternoon, and welcome to another exciting episode of Southern Sense here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm the hostess with the mostest, the radio chick, Annie, along with the coolest co-host, Cool Mike. Good afternoon, Cool Mike. Good afternoon, Annie. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. As always, Southern Sense with the radio chick, Annie, as you just heard, Tuesdays and Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Live and direct with GT Rocks. Yo, yo. <laughs> yo, yo. What's going on, my people? What's going on, my peeps? GT loves his peeps. He loves his radio family. And you can join him Monday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern and Saturdays at 4. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Conservative Primetime. I'm your host, GGT. Speaking of a little less bark and a little more bite, Conservative Primetime is not a show to relax to. It'll get you going weeknights at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And of course, the headmaster himself with the Situation Report, C. Robert Jones, Ph.D. In the interest of full disclosure, I have had just a little bit to drink. <laughs> and catch the Situation Report weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is a group of patriotic internet radio hosts. And they would very much like you to join them. And brush your teeth. I mean, tell your friends. All right, and we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Hey, my good friend, DCS914. Well, he's not a good friend. He's an acquaintance, but hopefully he'll become a good friend. 
uh, blogtalkradio.com conservative watchtower or watch watch now conservative watch now watchtower conservative watchtower <laughs> I got it now baby tune in just after my show tonight at 9 p.m. thank goodness I got that I was starting to break out into a sweat because I wasn't saying it right and I knew it okay all right. Oh, and my my girl Southern Senses show. Then uh, her next episode. She had a great show today. It was wonderful, fantastic. You've got to tune into Southern Sense. And you know what? She's got another show Friday at two p.m. Be there, be square. You might even get to hear my melodious voice on her show as I call in to discuss the events of the day. The answer. The answer to Obama is. Right there in Anderson's tale, Hans Christian Anderson, the two swindlers managed to convince the emperor's court that those who cannot see the invisible clothes they're weaving are either unfit for their office or just plain stupid. Fearing that they actually are unfit or stupid, one advisor after another heaps praise on the swindler's workmanship. Fearing that he's unfit or stupid, the emperor also falls for the ruse. No one, and I mean no one, wants to admit that the emperor is unfit for office and that things are just not working out. No one, no one, essentially no one in the liberal press wants to be the first to speak out because he will automatically be accused of being unfit and, yes, stupid and disloyal, and perhaps even a racist. Everyone recalls the treatment of ABC News anchor Charles Gibson when, in June 2008, in the June 2008 televised debate between Obama and Hillary Clinton, he said, and he had the nerve, to ask candidate Obama a probing question. His question pointed out that raising capital gains taxes historically result in lower not higher revenues for the government. So why would Obama want to raise capital gains taxes? The answer, curtly given, tersely given, by Obama was, well, Charlie, well, Charlie, what I said is that I would look at raising capital gains tax for the purpose of fairness, end quote. Fairness. Fairness. What the hell? Where the hell does this word fairness come in? And what, let me ask you something right now. What's all this talk about change? Most of us who have grown to become older statesmen and stateswomen understand that change doesn't necessarily mean good. What I think people really need to understand is that when somebody comes around talking to you about change, that doesn't necessarily mean that the change is going to be good for you. Quite frankly, I am changing, which means it's harder for me to get out of bed. I would like to have never changed so that I could hop out of bed like I was 20 years old and still be able to climb trees and run through the jungle with my M16 and shoot it out with enemies, both real and imagined, but no, because I have changed. Change isn't necessarily a good thing. I don't know why this magical word change seems to spark everybody's interest. 
Hell, I was driving my car the other day. And quite frankly, my car has changed. It's not that brand new spry automobile that I took off the showroom so many years ago. It just kind of shrugs along because there was some some change. Oh, and my dog, my Rottweiler, Nick, he's kind of changed too. He's not as quick anymore either. He's kind of slow and he's limping a little bit. And that front right paw, can't quite figure out what that's all about. He's changed. Change is not necessarily a good thing. But let's get back to the story. The lame and ideological answer, change, or, well, Charlie, what I said is that I would look at raising the capital gains tax for the purpose of fairness. (sighs) Yes, that answer should have sounded more like a warning. Something was wrong. Right then and there, the media should have pointed out that Obama was so far to the left that he would demand higher taxes on the rich, even if doing so imperiled the economy for the purpose of fairness. They should have recognized that Obama's view of reality had not evolved beyond that of a teenaged radical encountering Karl Marx for the first time. And they, the media, should have had the integrity to point out how truly childish Obama's travesty of 60s activism actually is. Instead, they close ranks against Charles Gibson, for God's sake. And Gibson, Mr. Look-Down-Your-Glasses, performed the required absolution with his shamefully condescending interview with Sarah Palin. So, as one disaster follows another, the implosion of green energy jobs, the fast and furious scandal, the you-didn't-build-that speech, it became clear that Obama really is just what he seems, a radical leftist with an imp- in- who's incapable of governing these great United States of America because of his unwillingness to compromise. Asked about his job creation in the private sector, president, the president responded that everything is just fine. Well, four years of 8% plus unemployment is not just fine. Not unless you're living in the same fantasy land as Obama and Anderson's emperor. On the day of the great procession, well... Well, we'll leave that. We'll leave that for just a few minutes. (laughs) Let's take one more short break. We'll be back and we'll finish this story up. Hey, if you'd like to, call in. The number is 347-884-8500. We'll be right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. While you're awake, don't forget the right. We'll think of you every day and night. Bye-bye. So long. Plantation, my baby. We'll be 
my peoples what's crack a lack in my peeps welcome 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 to another edition of you guessed it you got it and that's how we do it live and direct with g ski rocks and the captain what's crack a lack in what's crack a lack in okay what's crack a lack in g ski what's the crack Baby. What's cracking? Well, it's cracking, man, as everybody else. But everybody seems to love your style, brother. What's cracking? Geeky, you are the man. You are the man, dude. I tell you what, I love this topic. I love it. I wish I thought of it myself. I'm jealous. I got envy. I got envy right now. What's crack a lacking, Dana? My brother from another mother. How are we, sir? <laughs> What's cracking, sister? What's crackalacking? What's crackalacking? What do you got to say, ma'am? I just got to say, awesome show. Just totally awesome. That's right, folks. We keep it crackalacking, and we do it for love of country. So make sure that you listen to live and direct with Juicy Rocks and the Captain every Monday and Wednesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and Saturdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time www.20-20radio.com Always crack-a-lacking and it's always served with bacon and gravy, baby. Bacon and gravy. Bacon and gravy. I'm hungry. Bacon. I'm not... I think it should be biscuits and gravy, but the way it was explained to me is that biscuits was like a given. You know, biscuits, gravy, and bacon. Okay. So, um, just to recap, DCS uh, 419, Conservative Watchtower is on right after I am. So, please be there, or be square. Like the foolish monarch with his new clothes, Obama continues to parade around like everything's just fine. Gas prices have doubled since Obama has taken office, but that's just fine. There is $5 trillion in new debt, but hey, it's all good. Obamacare has been shoved down the throats of the public. A public that doesn't want it. But hey, no sweat. It's all it's just fine. Don't you don't you just adore my new clothes? On the day of the great procession, 
Anderson's emperor marches through the streets under a royal canopy. Haunty and proud of his superior taste in couture. Or attire, if you insist. Assured that he is fit to continue governing and wearing absolutely nothing. And once again, every observer feels that he may be unfit or stupid or racist. So no one dares to say a word. Not until, not just until, a small child sees the emperor in the buff, buck naked, and points it out. But he has nothing on at all, cries the child. At first, everyone balks, not wanting to admit the evidence of his own senses, but he has nothing on at all, cried the child again. Unwilling to be silenced. So finally, finally, everyone looks with his own eyes. And soon, yes, soon everyone realizes that it's true. Despite all his talk of smart governess, this arrogant and foolish leader really understood nothing of how to govern. He has spent enormous sums of taxpayer money on an investment that came to nothing, and now, quite literally, he has nothing to show for it. The day of reckoning, my friends, is approaching fast and furious, if you insist, if you will. When the American people will recognize that Obama, too, has spent lavishly and has nothing to show for it. Perhaps the voice of Marine Dowd will begin to wake them up. Probably it will require others, but sooner or later, the public will realize that this president's efforts have come to naught, and after that, after that, the emperor's reign will come to an ignominious end. Hopefully that will occur on November 6th, just a short time away, when America will finally realize those Americans who have been drinking the proverbial Kool-Aid will finally realize that this dude sucks all to be damned and that he's got to go. Mitt Romney may not have been our first choice, but at this time, he is our only choice, and quite frankly, our only hope. So, my friends, tune in tomorrow for another episode of the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. And quite frankly, let's get this done in November. America cannot stand another four years of Obama. I've said it. You've heard it. There's no need to say it again. Tomorrow is going to be a more interesting show because we've got a lot more to cover. A lot of stuff's going on. The fallout from what Romney said and what's been recorded will probably escalate tomorrow. So we'll be talking more about it then. Thank you all. God bless you. And good night. 
Obama was in the recording studio. He's pulling out all the stops to try to make sure he is properly understood on all of this. Who's the one who gave you success? And white comedian Paul Shanklin uh, doing the vocal portrayal there, Barack Obama, and a cover of... 